some people ask me like how do you function without like carbs every day like in pasta or bread or rice or anything and I I just say because I'm eating fat and when you read the book Ajna says fat is to be our source of energy throughout the day and you should eat probably about every three hours you should have a source of fat because it is slower burning and so you want to keep it going Uh you want to stay like on top of it and so when I do that I truly don't feel the need or craving for any kind of cooked starch. You guys, Primal Meetup's doing really well. I can't believe people are joining and it's just awesome. I'm I'm just excited about this group. I enjoy every single night I come home and I log on to Primal Meetup and I enjoy having this community so much to lean on. It's like a group of people that I can lean on to show up with great energy, to answer some of my health questions if I have any of them, and to just vibe with me on a level that I can't connect with other people on in the regular real world, you know? Like, it's amazing to be able to enjoy the topic of raw meat and a primal lifestyle and clean living with other people who understand what the fuck I'm talking about. So if you guys are in like the primal world and eat the raw primal diet or just are interested in in these topics, you can join Primal Meetup by going to the link I put in the show notes. It's a really nice energy in there and I'm really proud of what we've been creating and eventually we're going to do like physical meetups and we also use it for dating. People have already met on there which is amazing and um, I'm just really excited about it you guys so if you are interested in joining if you want some like-minded community if you know in-person community is not really available to you to the extent that you need it uh, join Primal Meetup Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. Oh, this is a special episode. I'm so excited. I have my first female raw meat eater on this podcast. Just, I mean, I might have had some ladies on in the past who have experimented with raw meat eating, but Zara and I met exclusively um, through the raw meat diet. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So she's our first female guest who we're going to do that with on this podcast. So I'm just so excited to have her on. I don't know much about her, which I think will be <laughs> like a nice clean slate to, to interview her. And, um, it just, I'm already very interested in her journey. She worked in the medical industry as a pharmacy intern, and then she started the primal diet a couple of years ago. So she has some really good experience with the diet. So I'm just so excited to have you on Zara Milan. Welcome to Root Awakening, a health podcast. Thank you so much, Emily. I really appreciate the warm welcomes. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you too. Um, I can hope I can answer any questions you might have. I've definitely been through quite a lot of um, detoxes and like intense experiences on the diet. So I'm really excited to jump into it too. Okay. Yay. Yeah. I mean, let's just jump into this. So let's actually start out talking about you being in the Western medical world. 
Um, what was your experience like there? And you mentioned as a pharmacy intern. So I'm wondering if you are still in the Western medical industry. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about that experience for you and start there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm definitely no longer um, in that industry. <laughs> um, definitely not anymore. I actually quit pretty much about one month after I read the book, um, We Want to Live, and I found out about everything. It was like too much cognitive dissonance for me. And I was also in a position of being supported as well by my family where I could afford to distance myself immediately. And so that's kind of how I went about it. Um, I'm just trying to think from the beginning. Yeah, like I had a lot of experience in multiple different fields. I did chemo um, pharmaceuticals. I did, I worked in a children's hospital. I worked in like a long-term acute care. So I just saw a lot of different kinds of kinds of patients and I worked with uh, just people in so many different health situations for, I think, a total of four years. And um, so uh, coming across the book, it was a huge shell shock to me in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I also resonated with a lot of it because I knew I had seen so many repeat patients constantly throughout those four years. And it was almost like, I would say the majority of patients would be getting worse over time. The improvement was definitely the minority. Um, so that's something that made me more open to it and not, you know, want to reject the information right away, even though it was so contrary. And yeah, it, it just, and especially when I worked in chemo for a bit, there was one incident where um, I thought I had gotten some of the drug on my arm and it was a whole uh, situation they were like okay you have to go into this room you're gonna have to scrub your arm vigorously like for about 20 minutes oh my gosh and, yeah and I had to sign something saying like if something happened you know the liability is on me and it was terrifying oh my was, god yes and just think we're injecting that into patients into their wow. bloodstream yeah and so I I don't know why I didn't immediately put that together so when I read the book it really clicked for me like wait yeah, this is honestly, I can't, it's hard to deny. I'm seeing it just throughout all of my experiences and everything, if that makes sense. So yeah, <laughs> it was a lot all at once, but I'm super grateful that I came across it because I'm very confident that this is the way and not what I was studying, even though I put a lot of time into it and I had good intentions and so do a lot of people in that field, I feel. Um, I think this is really the way that's going to help people that are really suffering, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's hard to argue when you start this diet, the raw prim primal diet, biogenous wonder planets, if no one has listened to my last several episodes. Um, when you start this diet, you really can just see the evidence almost immediately. I think everyone I've interviewed that does this diet, which is like eating raw meat and raw animal products and raw vegetable juices, basically eating everything raw. Some people do a little bit cooked starch, but I think the actual diet is supposed to be all just raw. And that's why it's called the raw primal mm -hmm. diet, which Zara, you read the book. i never, I don't really read. So like you can yeah. tell more about the yeah. diet throughout this episode, but um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's I when I started eating raw meat immediately it was clear to me that oh my god my body takes to this so well it feels so good it has beautiful awesome. healing properties yeah um so it's it's definitely hard to argue 
Um, so what attracted you into the Western medicine world? Did you just want to help people? Yeah. So I was working a lot in like hospitality um, when I was younger. And I kind of just felt like when I was still deciding on what I wanted to do. Yeah, I did feel like I would feel more um, fulfilled if I was doing something that I really felt was making even a small difference to people's health. So I looked into careers and I thought, well, pharmacy isn't like 12 years of medical school. So that's more doable to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of is why I chose that. And I thought pharmacy was the um, an easier, more realistic path. So yeah, that's why I originally got into it. Okay. Okay. And then you, wow, it's pretty powerful to hear you say like most of the patients and the people that you were around being treated by the drugs actually did worse over time. Yeah. They were always coming back. I mean, especially the children's hospital and then the adult long-term acute care, like the amount of repeat patients was really high. And you, at some point you just start to think, are we really, are we really addressing the root cause? I it's it becomes hard to believe in it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. It's symptom management. It's like, okay, this is symptom management basically. Right. But you're seeing a lot of evidence that the pharmaceuticals are not curing. No, not at all. Right. Not at all. Oh, that is, which is yeah. scary because we get told, so like, I've been lucky enough to I don't know, no one in my close family, no one that I've been super close to, I guess that's not even true, but like, I'm just not very close with my family, I guess. So like, I haven't uh, really I understand. Been, yeah, <laughs> I haven't been in close contact with people who have had cancer and gotten chemo. That's not really true. I have some people in my family, but I just haven't, it's not like I've had a parent who I was really close to go through it or a sibling or like one of my best friends. Um, and we just get told like, even me who I don't, I don't vibe with Western medicine so much. And it definitely hasn't helped me, um, for a lot of instances like chronic illness, mm -hmm. I still kind of believe that chemo will help people. There's still something, there has still been something in me that is like, oh, that's like how you get cured from cancer. And um, right. actually, the after having people on this podcast, who, you know, I, I interviewed Joe Fonts, who's a guy local to me in Michigan here, who has found that he uh, cannabis products, like a uh, the oils from, from cannabis, I forget the terminology, not smoking cannabis, but like the, the oils and terpenes can right. cure cancer. And he said, mm -hmm. the only time where, when it doesn't work is when, um, his clients have had chemo. If they have had chemo, that's when the remedies start. They're just, he said like their body is just too far gone. Um, I'm right. Yeah. It actually kind of is starting to sound like a detriment. And of course, we're not talking about absolutes 100% of the people. But I think for a lot of people, it's sounding like chemo and radiation is is can be a detriment to the healing journey. Absolutely. It 100% is. It's one of the most, if not the most toxic kind of medicational therapy that you can go through because it's like, you know, Ogenis describes it as you're burning down a house to kill a spider. The collateral damage is massive, especially when it comes to your lymphatic system, which is 
you know, our body's waste management, this is what we use to get toxins out and keep things moving. It does so much damage to the lymphatic system. So when you say what your um, friend was telling you, it makes a lot of sense because in the book, it says cancer is our body's inabilities to dissolve and discard dead cells. And pharmaceuticals do direct damage to the lymphatic system so that it makes total sense. Wow. Yeah. So why do you think these drugs are being perpetuated? Is it just like a conspiracy? (laughs) Um, Well, I'm sure... I, it's hard to say like who, you know, who's like really behind, behind it all behind the curtain. Cause working at the hospitals, I definitely felt like there wasn't some kind of, you know, conspiracy between the doctors themselves and the people working. Um, and I know for a lot of people, it does work at masking and managing the symptoms, but from my understanding and from reading all of Ogenist's work, the symptoms is our body's trying to heal itself and he stressed and it resonated with me that our bodies don't ever attack our it we, we don't attack ourselves our own systems all of the symptoms that, that people think are alarming and need to be stopped that's our body trying to heal such as swelling that's a very good symptom you want mm-hmm. swelling because swelling rushes nutrients into the area you don't want to put ice on that actually you want to encourage what your body is doing you want to support your body through detoxification, not stop it with things like medications because they're toxic. They're going to stop the detox even more. So you might feel, you know, relief from some certain uncomfortable symptoms, but long-term you're going to see it coming back and coming back. It's, you know, that's basically the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's what we see a lot in cancer patients. It comes back, it comes back and comes back. Yes. And we get, and, to- and each time it's like more, it, it takes more of a toll on the person. Oh, it's horrible. It's, and we it's get- really hard to see. I bet. And yeah, you were close to that, that instance many times, which is, wow, that, yeah, that must've really been something to go through just as like a bystander there. It was very hard mentally. And especially at the children's hospital, like even oh. thinking about that time. Yeah. I get like choked up a little cause yeah, it's nobody you don't wish that on anybody at all and you know you you can't blame the people either ever because they don't know and they're scared and they're suffering so exactly it's so hard to see that that's why it really means a lot to me to try and be you know a light when it comes to this information and not you know make people feel pressured or scared because I already see doctors doing that to them and what that leads to so when I talk to talk to people who have an illness or anything, I want to, you know, be encouraging and supportive of like, okay, like one step at a time, we add in stuff. You don't have to feel, I got to do it all now or I'm not going to be okay. Like, you know, nothing like that. It's it's important for me to come from a place of like support and calmness. I think it's important in healing too. Yeah. And already it's so liberating just to hear you say that, you know, symptoms that are uncomfortable for us, like swelling and um, you know, like diarrhea, even I'm thinking about mine and, uh, yeah, I'm familiar oh, with it. Symptoms. And, uh, yeah. dermatitis and, you know, blemishes on our skin. A, a lot of this stuff is, I, yeah, like what you're saying, the, it's just the way the body's healing, but we're feeling like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? It's like, we think the healing part is 
that means that something's wrong with us and we're doing something wrong, but really something good is happening or like yes. trying to happen in our bodies. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> and then we feel stressed, you know, you enter a state of stress. I actually, I had a good friend who, who had went through chemo himself. He's on the diet. His name's Roland. He's a really awesome resource and an awesome guy. And he told me that he found the people who get the diagnosis of cancer, their rate of, you know, dying quote unquote from the cancer is so much higher than people who just are never told like you have cancer you could die because the stress you know the effects of the stress just elevate on that person so much and I thought that was interesting 100% and it just makes so much sense like for me I've noticed such a tie to emotion and trauma and what's going on in my body physically and I found that out when I got into diet culture and I was like, I started to think, oh my God, this, what, whatever this thing I'm eating is like so horrible and it's attacking my body. And it just made my symptoms worse. It was like, I was trying to be healthier, but I felt less healthy. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, it's all stress. Like you say, it's like some form or another of stress. Um, and I, I love that you that you recognize that component too. the kind of un you know, it's it's, of course, still stress can be is a physical process in our body, but it's kind mm -hmm. of an emotional element as well. Yeah, absolutely. It, and it, from a, like a physical standpoint, stress literally takes nutrients to deal with. So it just puts mm -hmm. more weight on your body when it's already trying to heal itself. So it can just, you know, make the problem worse. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it just it just rings true. Yeah, for sure. So what, what, at what point did you discover Ogenis's book and the primal diet? Yeah. So I found it in like the end of 2020. So yeah, around that time, I, that was what was going on in the world and me being at the hospitals, they had, um, I don't know what they called it, but it was like, we had early access to the injections um, because we were on the front line or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So everyone around me in my life mostly was really encouraging me to get it. And I felt very on the verge about it. Like I hadn't come across this information yet. But to me, there was so many things that happened and things in the media that were so inconsistent. Like the rules were changing all the time. Yeah. But I, I found it impossible to fully feel confident in it. But my boss was pressuring me, my coworkers, all of my family. So I went ahead and scheduled an appointment to get it. And only, I think it was like only one week before my scheduled appointment, I come across the book. Wow. And I felt like it was such a blessing because I could have gotten it and like, who knows what could have happened. So I felt incredibly lucky for that. It was like divine timing. Oh, totally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, it, it definitely seems meant to be for sure. Yeah, it, it felt that way to me because I know there were a lot of people who weren't that lucky and may have found out after the fact. And again, for me, it's just hard to put a lot of blame on people because I was in the, the, the shoes of like my job was kind of on the line. I had so much pressure for my family. So, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for, for, for those kind of people. And I don't feel like if you got it, you know, it's your health it is you know, irredeemable or something like that. I don't think there's any real reason to believe that either. Just as a side note. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's so true. Our bodies are so resilient and like, man, 
if most of us, I like to remind myself of this and other people who are like so dogmatic against um, any kind of injections. It's mm-hmm. like most of us, not all of us, but most of us were injected many times as a baby because our parents yeah. made that decision yeah. for us. And here we are like healing from chronic illness still. So yeah. like, or whatever we have with the yeah. diet or whatever. <laughs> so like, why can't we do that again? Um, yeah. So, so what happened when you actually found the book? Like, I'm just curious, like how you like actually got a hold of it. Oh, sure. It's a kind of a weird story. Well, not that weird. I was just one day online and I was reading about some skincare stuff because at the time I was really into skincare and I was on like a message board and I noticed one person saying, hey, actually, um, sunscreen is really toxic. Mm. I never heard anyone say that before. So most people in the forum were like laughing at this person saying things like, oh my gosh, everything's chemicals. Like you're so silly. But I was really curious why. So I just messaged that person, just Mm. random person on the internet and kind of asked if they wouldn't mind explaining. And so they didn't overwhelm me with information. They just responded one message at a time. And it was just really interesting, like things I'd never heard before. So I kept asking more and more questions. Well, now I wanna know about diet. And then he told me, you know, about the raw meat. And I remember sending the message of, but what about bacteria and parasites? Yeah. Like, are you serious? And then he explained that to me and sent me segments from the book. And I was just like, my mind was blown at that. And I was just like, wow, honestly, for some reason, some parts of this is really resonating with me. And I'm, I want to give it a try. Yeah. I felt, I found I couldn't really argue with the logic that was being explained to me. So I was like, I want to try this now. So I'm just going to do it. And so I ordered the book from after that point. Everyone that I think I've talked to about the diet has said kind of the same thing. Like intuitively, it just felt right to them. Like it just mm-hmm. kind of rang true, even if, even though it was scary and weird to eat raw meat for the first time. Yes, yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, so what were you mentioned something about chronic pain on your? Um, form that you filled out for me so yes what was your mm-hmm. health looking like when you started to try the diet like were you yeah tell us about that yeah so it was a really strange incident um, I never was really like into sports and I never had a car accident or anything but in like mid 2020 I just started developing this really intense left shoulder pain when I would be working at the hospital and like four hours into my shift my arm would be so like froze and stiff that I couldn't fully lift my left arm at all. Wow. It was like frozen shoulder kind of. And I saw in the summer, probably like, I think five different orthopedic doctors and three different chiropractors. I was desperate, you know, for a change. I was willing to go anywhere. Cause I was like, I'm not used to any kind of chronic pain. This is really, of course it's really negative, but it, it just impacted my mood too. And I really wanted it to go away. And so I was vegan at that point, actually. I'll, I'll say plant-based cause I definitely cheated, but I had been plant-based for like three years. And at that point I never really like questioned it. I was really sure that it was a beneficial and like responsible way to eat. But when my body wasn't healing, one doctor told me, they just looked at me and said, you know, you're really young. And we usually see the kind of symptoms you're having in like much older people. I'm not, they couldn't explain to me, like, we don't know why your body isn't healing. And at that moment, I just 
this, I just thought, you know what? Then veganism is clearly there's something wrong because why mm-hmm. am I not healing? You, so I immediately you. after three years just I was like, no, I'm not living with chronic pain and I will not accept this. Something is wrong with the diet. And I just dropped it and I went to like keto right away. Wow. Um, so you, yeah. you knew intuitively that it was it was your diet. Cause I feel like in the past when I've gotten diagnoses and like, you know, just random I don't know, health issues. I never assume it's the diet. I just, I just assume, right. oh no, yeah. I'm like, like God is cursing me for some reason, but there was something in you that was like, no, it's what I'm eating. I, truthfully, that's how I felt. Mm. And I know there's other factors. I also thought about posture and I started looking more into barefoot walking, which also helped me a lot in posture stuff. But I definitely did think like, no, I can't be normal. Like my body should be able to heal. Like it's not getting what it needs then. That was what I believed. And so I dropped veganism like, like that. (laughs) And yeah, I went back to the cooked animal foods right away. (laughs) So what, what made you land on keto? Was it just like, oh, okay. Cooked animal foods is kind of the opposite of plant-based. So let's try that. I think in a way. And like, I also had a silly, like kind of an irrational fear of gaining too much weight. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause that's something I just dealt with. I was in ballet a lot in my childhood and I had a lot of teachers you know put a big emphasis on being skinny so I was like afraid of gaining too much weight and I heard keto is a way to get animal products in but also control the weight and I wasn't even overweight but that was like you know that was my rational mindset at the time yeah for sure it's funny too man Zara like I had an eating disorder as well and thought a lot about my weight and it's it's like one of those really difficult it's a it's a difficult thing to go through to kind of fight your brain like that and deal with all the shit exactly. that comes with that right and I was also 100%. in classes too um but it's it's kind of a blessing because then it expo we we do our research we find out what doesn't work and then we find you know this other level of health that can also lead to non-disordered eating and like yeah freedom and um, you know, eating, allowing ourselves to gain weight and all that. So it's kind of, in a way it's weird. It's like eating disorders can be a gateway. They can. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't mind just kind of building on top of that, I wanted to share that, like, cause when I did keto, you know, I, I felt honestly somehow worse in a way than I, when I was vegan, because I would just get through the day and feel these insane cravings for like fruit and ice cream. Yeah. And I've never been controlled by cravings like that's like, even when I was vegan, I would cheat sometimes. So, but it never felt that intense. And I was, I was trying my hardest to last with it. But after eight weeks, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. I'm binging on keto ice cream every day. Like at the end of the day, this cannot be healthy. Um, so I dropped that and I felt so burnt out on keto, which is what a lot of people, I think, have you heard of the Ray Pete diet at all? Yes, I have. Um, and I love okay. you. You mentioned that it didn't work for you. So I'd love to yeah. hear more about that. I thought a lot of the information was really interesting and cool to like look through. And it was, again, something this was before I found the primal diet, but it was really intriguing to me because I was experiencing a lot of the symptoms. And I found that a lot of people that went to Ray Pete, a vast majority of them were ex-vegan or ex-keto and they felt so burnt out a lot of them felt that they had thyroid issues from the restrictive diets and I was like well I feel the same way so 
I think there's definitely merit to um, this man's work. So I was like, I'm going to jump ship again and start the repeat diet. So he likes to say, though, I mean, he did pass away a few weeks ago or a month or so ago. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I just so I forgot about that. So I should say he would say um, that there's no exact repeat diet. There are principles. So I was consuming things like um, orange juice with a uh, table salt in it and like um, pasteurized whole milk with sugar in it and coffee because he said it was, you know, good for the thyroid, pro-metabolic. That was a big focus with tons of butter in it. And I was things I've never consumed before, but I was just going for it, you know, mm -hmm. to see if it would help me. And honestly, it, I did not at all. Like I gained so much weight so fast, which I understood was a possible outcome, of course, from going from restricting to not, but it was like a lot of strange fat distribution and my arm issue, which is what I was really trying to heal after about six months of the repeat diet, it wasn't getting any better at all. And I didn't feel like I had a lot of energy. I just felt really bloated and yeah. So that's why I kind of moved away from it and was more willing to accept the primal diet. Right. Okay. And the, the principles of the repeat diet, I don't know much about it. And it's very like, even if you research it, it's, it's like random. You have to like read other people's blogs about it. It's a lot to find about it. There's not, I didn't find like one solid book about it, like for the primal diet, it was totally different. So I did yeah. talk, I even hired a, like, um, not an expert, but a, a coach for the repeat diet. Cause I was so confused. So I was right? following everything they said to do. And there's a lot of sugar because they say that sugar is anti-stress. So sugar is really good. But I just, I didn't experience that at all. I felt wired and not mm. mentally great. Right, right. And so like, Personally. yeah, I did, like, I haven't, tr I haven't really done the Ray P diet, but I've done like, um, just had moments of eating more sugar and moments of not. And, and for me, it's like, it's very much like whatever a mix of like the gaps diet and, uh, the primal diet would be like eating sugar with honey is helpful to me, but eating mm -hmm. like eating like baking sugar is not yes. it doesn't, doesn't really do much for me it seems like I feel worse if I have it so I'm kind of like eh, no but um so I I definitely identify with that and uh so can you describe to us what the kind of basis of the repeat diet is like it's like orange juice everything yeah that would be pro-metabolic ice cream I know is like championed on the diet yeah. And like, for example, a bedtime snack, because they said if you're waking up in the night means your liver is out of glycogen. So you need to get a sugary and like a protein snack. So they would be like ice cream with salt on it. And I would do that. And I would really like how it tasted, but it never really helped me. I'm like, well, this is very sugary. And, you know, I'm adding salt, too, because they said salt is very also pro metabolic. But it just it wasn't helping me. Nothing really was at all. I didn't feel much of a difference and it's I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything it's like everything every food that's pro-metabolic is usually what they advise to consume but Ogenis would say that just because something increases your metabolism that doesn't mean it's good because some things can like um expend they can like burn energy as like in a wasteful way if that makes sense 
you don't want a super, super fast metabolism. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the peak of health or something. Yes. I've seen that in my life. I had a, well, I, I might have, no, I don't have issues with this anymore. I think I used to have a really, really fast metabolism because I was so skinny, but, and I was so hungry always, always like skinny Mm -hmm. and hungry. Um, and there was probably a lot of reasons for that, but I know my metabolism was, was faster than those around me. And it was annoying. I just don't, for me at the end of the day, Zara, like, I often think like, how do I want to live though? Like, how do I want to live? I want to live feeling good, generally healthy. And, but like, I don't want to feel like I'm like going to die if I don't have food immediately. And that was something from the primal diet that I loved. It's, it's so satiating. And when when I was like, when I had a super fast metabolism, I was like, I just don't want to live like that healthy or not. Like, I don't want to live like, oh my God, I'm hungry all the time. And I'm like up and about and like hyperactive all the time. I feel the same exact way. And I understood the repeat concepts, but I tried it and it was like, yeah, I, I'm getting energy, but it's not stable. It's like not a smooth energy and it's making me irritable and I don't, I don't want to live that way. Exactly. So yeah. 100%. Okay. So at this point you were not yet exposed to the primal diet. Right. I was not. And when I became exposed to it, maybe I had a thought like, well, if, you know, if restriction is what I'm trying to get away from, I'm sure some people will say like, oh my gosh, you can't eat anything cooked. It's like the ultimate restriction. Right. But um, first, I still just felt like I really wanted to try it. And it was so interesting to me because none of the like burnt out feelings that I felt on keto and like the instability on repeat when I'm following the diet, when I'm eating enough, which isn't that hard to do. Um, I don't experience that at all. Some people ask me, like, how do you function without, like, carbs every day, like, in pasta or bread or rice or anything? And I I just say, because I'm eating fat. And when you read the book, often it says fat is to be our source of energy throughout the day. And you should eat probably about every three hours, you should have a source of fat because it is slower burning. And so you want to keep it going. Uh-huh. You want to stay, like, on top of it. And so when I do that, I truly don't feel the need or craving for any kind of cooked starch. Like if I would be, you know, honest with myself, if I was really struggling, but I'm not at all. When when I follow it that way, if I go a long time without eating, I might start thinking about cooked food. But as long as I'm consistent, I do not feel burnt out. I don't feel restricted. And like I, I can't say that like any more genuinely. It's hard for some people to believe, but it's awesome. And that's how I really feel. So you're saying like when you follow the diet, which we'll talk about what that means. Yeah. You you don't get, you don't, you don't want to eat anything else. So it doesn't feel restrictive to you. It just feels like you're eating what you want to eat and that feels good to you. And it also happens to be healing for your body. Exactly. And I don't feel like I'm deprived of carbs or like forcing myself to get through the day without carbs. No, I, it doesn't feel like that. I literally did the repeat diet, which is full of carbs And Mm -hmm. I still feel like I have more energy on this diet. So yeah, it's hard for some people to grasp, but I, I really do mean that. Yeah, no. And I, I think that's so, oh God, I, I hope we have time to kind of get into this a little bit because I've been just still experimenting with the diet and um, I've been 
yeah, it's it's kind of like my my own journey, and this this is your episode, but um, <laughs> you know, share whatever. It's it's interesting for me. It's a great part, like to contribute to the discussion. It's good. Oh, cool. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tend to do that a lot on my on my podcast episodes. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it just I, I I think it's cool to kind of come not necessarily compare stories, but like see how our stories relate. And um, I've been going through the diet, you know kind of like 50% doing the diet because I healed a lot of my health with the gaps diet with the bone mm-hmm. broth. And yeah. are you familiar with the principles of that? Yeah. I, not as much, but I've definitely heard about it. Yeah. It's basically like a bunch of cooked animal foods and raw dairy. So it's like yeah. one step away from like way more um, specific than Weston A. Price diet. And it's kind of linked to Weston A. Price diet, but um, like once in a way, I see it as kind of one step away from uh, the raw primal diet because it's such an emphasis on definitely raw dairy and um, raw eggs and but then just like cooked meat and bone broth. So I've been doing like that uh, half the time. And then sometimes I'll eat like just regular foods, like I'll eat like junk foods. Um, and then sometimes I'll eat raw meat and I just kind of follow exactly what I'm craving. But I do have these moments of like, I, you know, sometimes I'm just really drawn to the raw primal diet. And I'm like, I wonder if like my cravings for other foods would go away and I would want to stick to this diet at a certain point in time. So I guess like the follow-up question I want to ask you is, what was there any point in time where you were like, I really wish I could have other types of foods? Oh yeah, of course. Like I would, I could never deny that, especially <laughs> when I'm with my family and they're making something that I used to like growing up Um, a hundred percent. And actually I will share something that I did last summer kind of as an experiment, but I felt like confident doing it. And I know how I eat pretty much 99% of the time. So I was like, I kind of want to do an experiment and eat a little bit of cooked meat and see how it makes me feel just because mm-hmm. I hadn't done that yet since the whole time I started the diet, I had not had one piece of cooked meat. And um, that was about a year and a half at that point. So I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a good piece of meat from my butcher and cook it in my raw butter in a non-toxic pan. And I'm, I'm fine with that. So I did that and it definitely tasted good. Um, and I did add some like Celtic sea salt to it which is kind of um, altered. I would like to repeat the experiment without salt just to see the difference that also makes. Right. But yeah, because it would definitely, I think that was a factor I, I didn't really take into account, but I definitely enjoyed the taste, but I noticed like right away, I was like, oh my goodness, I am so thirsty. And it was almost like I forgot what the feeling of thirst felt like. And when Whoa. I had it again, I'm like, wait, I used to feel like this all the time. I'd go to restaurants and I would all, you know, you drink water with your meals. I never thought about it because I didn't do it anymore. But then I had this cooked meat, probably like eight ounces. And for almost 16 hours after I ate the meal, I couldn't stop drinking fluids. I made vegetable juice. Then I made fruit juice. Then I drank almost two and a half liters of milk. I never do that. And I could not stop drinking. So I'm like, what is going on with my body? It's like, the response to the cooked food was like, you are so dehydrated. Like, and I, it wasn't something I felt like I was exaggerating at all. It was truly how I felt. The taste was great. I didn't have pain. The only thing I had was in such severe dehydration. It was crazy. So then the next time I thought about cooked meat, I was like, 
yeah, it tastes nice. I, I understand that. I would not deny that, but I know how it's going to make me feel. Cause I did repeat it one more time with cooked chicken and it's like the thirst is insatiable for so long after. And it's so unpleasant that it's not worth it for me to indulge in that anymore. Cause I don't want to go through that. Right. Right. It's like when you do go through it. So what do you think about this topic, Zara? And I, I honestly don't have my mind made up about this. I'm still very much in, in an explorative process with food, as I mentioned. Um, so I don't have an agenda or anything. I'm just, I, I want to sure. learn what your outlook is at this point. Yeah. So I've had some people on this podcast who have done, who have done a, a very restrictive diet, um, mm-hmm. but have, have had a goal of eventually getting off the diet because they, okay. yeah. they believe um, that like a healthy body should be able to handle whatever kind of food you're craving or wanting or mm-hmm. what have you. And um, that should kind of be the end goal. At least that that's what they wanted for themselves. So mm-hmm. what do you think about that? Because like, like, what do you, well, let's start here. What do you think is happening in your body when you're so thirsty after eating cooked meat, when like most people who are used to eating cooked meat or like who, who have adjusted themselves either back to eating cooked meat or have just always done that when they can like tolerate it just fine and it feels good for them. Like, what do you think is happening mm-hmm. in your body? When I eat cooked meat now. Yeah. And then have this like insatiable thirst. Yeah. It's see, I understand. I do understand their point of view. I would say it's like my whole life I was eating cooked meat and I never made this correlation. I never felt like I was excessively thirsty. It was normal for me to drink probably like two full glasses of water when I would eat meat. Yeah. Um, so I never, I'm like, and I'm not in pain, so I don't feel like this food is harming me. This is just normal. But because I spent time on the raw diet, healing my shoulder, and I saw even my eyes, other people were making comment, hey, I see like this ring of blue around your eyes is coming out a bit. I'm seeing changes that are showing my health improving. And I tried the cooked meat and it's like, why now I'm noticing it because I'm no longer used to the cooking and the salt. So I don't think that would, I would say my body got weaker. I would say I moved away from that practice that I think is harmful and dehydrating overall. That's just one of the negatives of it. And when I stop doing that regularly and make the change, I really feel every bit of like, oh man, it's so much better when I eat raw. I feel such true like hydration on a cellular level that I did never, I had nothing to compare it to when I was growing up. You know, I don't feel like I'm so damaged now, or I don't feel like that either, but the difference is so in my face. It's like, I could eat it and I don't think I would fall apart, but why would I want that when I can feel so much better this way? I guess, if that makes sense. It really does. It really does. And I think what I'm hearing, and I'll be interested to to hear if you think this is correct for you, but what I'm hearing is like, you're weighing you're weighing two situations like two possible outcomes on the one side you feel phenomenal I'm guessing better than ever right eating this primal diet yeah absolutely better health than ever yeah you're noticing you're seeing your health change in ways that you really like 
And on the other side, it's eating cooked food and then experiencing like regular average health or less than average health. And now that you've done the primal diet, you have these reactions to um, cooked food, for example, that you don't think is pleasant. So weighing the two options, you're like, well, it's worth it for me. Like feeling super healthy, better than you've ever felt is more important to you than tasting the cooked food, basically. Yes, pretty much. And I won't freak out or like, I won't react with a ton of stress at this point anymore if I do have a taste of cooked food. But that is, yeah, the reason why I don't indulge in it pretty much at all. Yeah, that's that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting for a lot of people who have had success. I mean, I haven't met anyone who hasn't had success with the diet, but uh-huh. with the yeah. diet. But um, but like the 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 people that don't eat other stuff, I'm getting the vibe that you what you guys have in common is that you're just like, yeah, I could eat that other stuff, but it's just I don't choose to. I feel better. Feeling better is like the top priority. I feel like at the end of the day, it comes down to priorities. And for some people, the priority is like, I want to have that taste of other types of food. I want to go outside of the diet. That's important to me. Or like someone, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Wes Rowe, um, the real- I think so. Yeah. He, He was the first person that told me about this diet. So he gets brought up on this podcast all the time, but he he finds it important at, at this point that we're recording this podcast episode to have a cooked meal with his family or connect mm-hmm. with people in that sense. Um, and that becomes more important on that night for him periodically. Sure. So for me, I'm, I'm really noticing after talking to so many people about this, it's like, it's what everyone's priorities are. Some people, it's like they mm-hmm. feel so amazing on the diet and they don't, it's not worth it for them to go outside of the diet. And for others, it's just, it's worth it to go outside of the diet for whatever reason, you know, whether they yeah. react to the food, the food or not, um, or like have a, have a reaction to the food that's pleasant to them or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm not in the interest of like invalidating anyone's priorities. Like that's nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm concerned about is like the experience I've gained on this diet and how I feel and sharing that with people is great. But you know, like you said, like it just, everyone's has an individual goal and priority. And to me, it's just not something that like that, that doesn't really bother me. You know, some people might get a little upset about it. I've, you know, seen it online before that primal people might come across as like too strict or dogmatic. I can understand that too. Um, and while I won't agree with someone maybe changing their mind about the diet or starting an argument, that doesn't mean I'm going to be personally offended or upset about it at all, if that, you know, makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, we talk about that all the time on this podcast because everyone I have on who does the primal diet is not the type of person to start the dogma and do all that. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. intentional, you know, like I wouldn't enjoy interviewing someone who's super dogmatic. So like, yeah, there's definitely always a vibe that we attract on, you know, just people that are, they're, they're not, they're not upset at other people for just living their lives the way they want to live their lives. To me, it's like, I don't, why would I waste time trying to 
convince people to do things my way. It just doesn't even make sense. Like, why can't we just all do stuff that feels good to us? And that's how, what mm -hmm. if that was correct? What if the way that Zara wants to do it is correct? The way that I want to do it is correct. The way that somebody else wants to do it is correct. Doesn't that save so much time and we could just go on about our lives? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of believe it's, most people aren't going to be convinced by like, you know, written words or logic. I feel like we're people like people are influenced by, you know, emotional emotions and example, like if they see me being really healthy and like a really positive person to be around, I think that would convince someone more than anything else. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't spend I don't spend any time arguing about that kind of stuff. I agree totally. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. What kind of stuff do you eat on the primal diet? Like, what do your meals look like? Yeah. So right now, um, I like to go back and forth because I like all the meats. <laughs> I like mm. beef. I like chicken. I like fish. Um, and I like different variations of each. So I don't really ever get bored because I can do like um, lemon marinated chicken and fish, which is so tasty. I made an Instagram post about that actually, because I think it's cool to know. Because um, I will marinate swordfish, for example, for like 24 hours maybe in room temperature, and it'll be like transformed into tasting like um, a cooked tuna salad. The flavors that change with the fermentation is awesome to me. So I love fermented um, lemon fermented chicken and fish. I eat that quite often with like either a sauce from the book or I really like pickled peppers and pickled onions. They're so, I usually add like a tablespoon of them to my meat meal and it just adds like a really nice flavor and crunch. So yeah, those are like my typical meat meals. Um, I eat liver pretty often too, as like a supplement. Every day I have probably like a hundred grams of liver. I really like how it tastes. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do ice cream too. I'm like an ice cream fiend. Every mm -hmm. Almost every day I have like a pint of ice cream too. I do so many different flavors and it's really, really fun. Yum. That all sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah and I'm, and any, those are like the basics and definitely lubrication formula when I get a chance. Um, mm. That's a hardy one. I mean, that one's really filling, but I see a huge difference in my skin when I'm consistent with making those versus when I'm not. Um, so yeah, even just one of those per day is really helpful and oh, the vegetable juice whenever, sometimes I might like be a little too busy to make it, but when I can, especially in the summer, the vegetable juice makes me feel like so good, <laughs> so hydrated. My skin feels so plump and I like adding a um, minus celery beet and sometimes like one ounce of pineapple juice. And it's so nice. <laughs> Oh, yum. Yes. I love yeah. juices too. It's so true. And when the weather, like I'm just starting to crave it now, you know, now that we're kind of get inching out of winter and um, so refreshing. I love it. And that's so good. <laughs> Celery, yes. seed, a little bit of pineapple. Yum. Yeah. Just like a splash. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So what's up with people in the primal community hating on marinating meats in citrus fruits? Oh, I, is there a thing against it? I didn't know. Yes. I've seen people oh. comment and say like when people are making ceviche or something, I've seen comments like, oh, so it's, it, you're cooking the, the fish because you're putting it in lemon juice. No, 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 definitely not. Most oh definitely not. <laughs> I mean, 
no <laughs> i mean the whole component of like heating the food and burning like that's missing it's definitely not cooking at all so it's, I'm not, it's sure. not disrupting the it's not disrupt so first of all does it talk about because i didn't read the book you know so like does mm-hmm. the book talk about marinating meats in lemon juice yeah there's a whole section about it. i think it's in the recipe book and he does say for red meat it's not cooking it but for red meat it can turn some of the proteins into fuel instead of building blocks but when you do white meat it doesn't have that same effect so he only said he would avoid doing it with red meat which doesn't sound that good anyway right but yeah for chicken and fish there's no absolutely no problem with it at all so yeah i would say that's an unfounded fear okay good to know yeah Um, yeah yeah and and fermenting it with ooh, i gotta try that that sounds really good it is Um, so good i would just say squeeze it out like i take like maybe like a a wood a press or something and i just i don't like the overly lemon lemony taste so i just squeeze it out a lot and add like a savory sauce onto it and it really is kind of like reminds me of eating cooked meat again it's really good wow awesome yeah. oh my gosh i'm gonna check out your instagram for okay i just started making posts but yeah you should check it out yes that's amazing yes. so cool yeah. um okay and then ice cream you're making with cream and eggs anything and then like the flavor that you that however you flavor it yeah like one I just started making that I'm really obsessed with yeah it's just whole eggs some a lot of people make ice cream with egg yolks but I I don't find there's much of a difference when you include the white and it helps you digest the whole egg when you have the white and I have no issue with my ice cream because I get the heavy cream so I do two whole eggs like a cup of cream a fiance's of milk and about three tablespoons of honey and I've been doing strawberry um, vanilla ice cream. It is so good. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Do you have an ice cream it's maker? So yeah, I have the Dawn Beer. It's like a, a hand crank because, you know, the EMF is pretty high with electric ice cream makers. Oh. So I just do a hand crank and it takes like 20 minutes. Nice. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah it's really all. It's easy to make and it's super satisfying. And I feel really warm. I know it sounds weird, but after the initial eating is complete, I feel really like warm when I eat ice cream because of, you know, the fat content. Oh yeah. It's the cream and the yeah. eggs and the honey, like that combo. Cause I'll, I'll have that combo just non-frozen. Like I'll just make a little like milkshake. I don't know if it's a raw primal milkshake. Cause I don't, I don't remember what else is in there, but I just combine <laughs> those things and kind of whisk them up and it's, it's so warming. Yes, the fat is extremely, fat is just warming in general. So it feels great, yeah, to consume a lot of it. And that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, I know, I love it. Dude, I was just talking to Ben. Have you met Ben Holmes? He's he's also in the, um, oh, shout out to uh, the Telegram group that we met in, Zara and I met in. Um, It's like a, it's kind of like a WhatsApp group. It reminds me of WhatsApp group. But Zara, have you met Ben Holmes in there? I on I don't know I don't think I know who that is okay um he's in there posts once in a while and hi Ben he might be listening to this episode (laughs) when it comes out um he came on my my podcast he was our episode this week and the week before we did like a two-part series and he was Mm -hmm. telling me just how much his life transformed when he added in the fat uh from this diet and we were talking about how we Ben and I both had big circulation issues 
to our hands and our feet. And I was always like a cold person. Like I was just, when I moved from California to Michigan, I was just like cold all the time. And I thought it was just me. Cause some people say, Oh yeah, I'm just like a cold person. Like I'm cold all the time. Um, but then I ate the correct amount of fat and I would say also raw fat. But even when I was doing the gaps diet and just not being afraid of eating fat, even for me, even if it was cooked fat, I got I was just, I'm warm. Like now I have a normal body temperature, you know? So it's just amazing how much fat can, and just more than that hormones, it keeps you full. It's just like the magic. If it's, if I could choose one thing to eat for the rest of my life, if I was on a deserted Island, it would be fat <laughs> for sure. That's awesome. That's perfect. Like that's, and it's the main thing that we're supposed to be driving energy from too. So it's, it's a pretty big tenant of the primal diet. You know, you don't have to do every little formula and everything perfect, but high fat consumption is really important i would say for success on the diet so i'm really glad that you don't you really enjoy eating it and don't have a problem digesting yeah yeah i think i did when i first started it was the gaps i was such a i think good intro to the the raw primal diet um it it just like it was so familiar to me you know it helped me like ease into a lot of animal fats right. and all that yeah and it's, yeah, at first you get a lot of, I got a lot of uncomfortable symptoms and I was just having diarrhea for like three weeks and then, yes, and then does everything happen. balanced <laughs> out. And that's, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get into that with you talking about detox. Um, but before we do, you mentioned the lubrication formula and that's the same as mm -hmm. the nut formula, right? It's like nuts, eggs, um, honey. Is that what you were talking about? Uh, the the um, lubrication formula specifically? Yeah. Yeah, that's the it's butter, lemon, eggs and honey. Oh, there's no nuts. No, not in the lubrication formula, but in the nut formula. Yes, there's nuts. Oh, the lubrication formula is different than the nut formula. Yeah, totally different. Totally different purposes. Okay, because girl, you were saying that the lubrication formula just makes you feel so good in your skin. And I was like, Dude, yeah, if I, my health isn't perfect um, mm -hmm. right now. But like, so I know that I would have some stuff to detox. Like I said, I, I eat outside the diet. And um, mm -hmm. I'll have like, like, I yeah, I, I have a lot of stuff like French fries or something like that. Um, but like, if I have the nut formula, my body is just like not feeling it. Like my body just doesn't love nuts right now. I don't know if that's something mm -hmm. that I could like detox into over time. Like, like if I just right. did the primal diet, maybe I would be able to tolerate nuts. But like so far it tastes amazing, the nut formula. But I was like, whoa, how is she getting like amazing results? I know some people love the yeah. nut formula, but I was like, dude, if I had the nut formula all the time, my skin would not be looking great. Um, yeah. So I know I totally understand that too. And I have a hard time even acquiring truly raw nuts, but um, yeah, it's one of those things where Ogenus intended it to be for like once a week or twice a week max. And it's for all of the adrenaline. That's what the nuts are binding with oh. instead of starch can also do that too, but he prefers people try the nut formula first, try the cheese first, and then the vegetable juice. Cause all of those things can help deal with that issue too, just because, there are also consequences of the cooked starch um, over time. It's it could cause cellulite, you know, and contribute to disease potentially. So he pre prefers before resorting to that. Um, try the nut formula, try the raw cheese, try the clay, you know, before that. But I've been in situations where starch has helped me like in almost a life and death situation on this diet. So it has its place for sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So can you, yeah. can you say the lubrication formula one more time? Can I say, describe what it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's so you take butter and you actually melt it so that it becomes like a drink. And I take like, I, you know, pull out all the stops because I get my little like thermometer out and I'm measuring the temperature inside the jar because I like to get the water pretty much as hot as it can be without going past like about, I don't know, like 97, 98. Because the butter can obviously, um, there's a whole guideline in the book to the max temperatures for different foods that you'd want to not go over. I think mm -hmm. butter was around 98 or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I like to get it all the way there because when, when it's really melted like that, it's a lot easier to drink and it's like a really smooth texture. So I, if it makes sense, like I put the butter in a mason jar and then put the mason jar in hot water. Yep. And then when it's melted, I then I put in honey and two or whatever the serving size is and an egg and like a, a tablespoon or two of lemon juice, which helps digest the fat. And then you drink that. And it's important because when it, you make it that way, it helps feed all kinds of areas in your body that usually can't be reached by just eating butter on its own. You can moisturize like everything. It's the moisturizing slash lubrication formula. Sorry, but you can reach so much into your body. And I really noticed it when I did it every day for a month last year, my skin was so soft. And I usually have like, what are those little red bumps called keratosis or something? I usually have that. And when I was doing that consistently, I was super smooth. So it was really nice. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That would, and I just think that would intuitively to me, it would taste good. And usually yeah. the stuff that like to me, it might've taken a little bit of adjustment with the raw meat. Like I put, actually, it's funny that you say like lemon and, and uh, red meat doesn't really sound good together. And I kind of agreed. I, I agree with you at yeah. this point. But to, to get me to start eating the diet, I put lime juice on my raw meat and yogurt and, um, and, oh, yeah. Sometimes. yeah. And that, that helped me so much to, to like, just not be grossed out by the red meat and all that. But like, overall, it's like, I want stuff to taste good to me. And, um, and the stuff on the primal diet does taste good to me. And even this like butter, honey, lemon, like that, that just, yeah. Sounds it just intuitively sounds good and nourishing. Yeah. It's like a lemon, a little lemon tart it melted in a mm, cup. So amazing. it's just very like, can feel like, Oh my gosh, it's very filling. It's very rich. So, but even just doing like one a day, I found one cup a day I've had huge benefits of. So, you know, it's, I really like it too. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So detox, you mentioned, first of all, that you have a way to do the primal diet so that you don't suffer eternal detox. That sounds amazing yeah. to me. And you <laughs> might even hook me in because that is something I notice. obviously, like I'm working towards a place where like, you know, a middle ground with like eating what I, you know, I, I want to eat the primal diet, but when I have other cravings, eat that I, I, I'm okay with feeling like a little bit less than 100% if I can do that, because like, to me, the joy I get from certain foods is at this point important to me priority wise. Um, but something I do notice that hasn't quite happened yet. Like, um, obviously mm -hmm. I go through times where I'm doing the primal diet hard, a little bit more hardcore. And of course I'm going to detox the stuff 
you know, that I'm eating outside of the diet. So I am kind of right now on this cycle of, I don't get crazy detox symptoms, but you know, like I'll get a cold or I'll get some diarrhea or something like that. And I'm like, okay, good. My little bit of, you know, a blemish on my skin here and there, a little bit of my dermatitis will come back. And like, it's kind of expected. I'm hoping to work away from it, but like, it shows up and I'm like, okay, it's good. My body's healing. But obviously I, I would rather not have those detox mm-hmm. symptoms. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would love to hear about your experience with detox doing this diet and then, you know, what you've found works for you. For sure. Um, and I would say the number one tenet would be what we just talked about a lot of fat because mm besides giving energy, it does everything else and it binds to toxins. So when you don't have enough fat, um, then you wouldn't, you're in like a deficit to dealing with the toxins. So of course, then it's inevitable. And especially if you're also not having cheese, which is the next, um, the next one, it's going to be much more rough on you when you don't have the fat that you consume. And it also helps to have a decent little bit of weight on you physically. I mean, Ajahn has always suggests, you know, become overweight. Um, because fat is so protective and it helps you through detox so much. And I, I totally get the vanity issues with that too. But I also feel like the way I look heavier on raw food is a lot different than cooked as well. So I have similarly always felt better when I'm at a bit of a higher weight because I just, you have more on you to, you know, arrest the toxins and it's just, it's just protective to your organs and your skin. Um, so fat is like, number one for me it's like super high up there um I always people that I talk to that are skinnier they always kind of seem to be suffering the most Mm -hmm. so I really do see it like ring true so far in my experience as well um and I totally get that it can be really hard to gain weight when you come from like a history of Crohn's or stomach issues and gut issues Mm -hmm. so there's remedies for that too and um I've always seen a benefit when people gain weight so that would be number one and then the raw unsalted cheese. And for me, the drier it is, the better, the more Mm. potent it is because it digests even less. So it's just pulling toxins when it's super dry. Dry cheese is like a godsend to me. Um, So I'd say that would be the second one. And then I think the third would be this, the vegetable juice. Um, Because when you described how you put lime on the meat, that's cool because I hear that a lot. And that's usually to do with the acidity that we come from eating cooked food for so long exclusively. We're really acidic. So when it comes to drinking juice, that is one of the biggest, um, I'm not sure the word to use there. Um, the biggest tools in not feeling repulsed by raw meat is drinking the juice because it um, alkalizes the blood, the bloodstream. Um, so I find a big difference too in my own experience, but also a lot of other people um, that I talk to about the diet. When they add in the juice, they're like, "Wow, like my appetite!" You know, I don't have as much gagging for the meat at all. It reduces it a lot. Um, and when you eat more meat, I think it also helps you rebuilding with the meat more than any other food on the diet. You rebuild with the meat and the butter, and that also strengthens you um, for detox as well I totally feel a difference when I'm not eating meat I'm not sure how people can do it because after three days I start feeling such a big difference and then I get the meat back in me and I feel like revitalized Mm -hmm. um so I would yeah that I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything at all um there's a lot like there's some mistakes people make such as like way too much lean meat 
and not enough fat, which can take even more fat from your body. It's like rabbit starvation, kind of. So that just comes back to, though, again, like the meat, uh, milkshakes. I've heard people help. It helps people with gagging on the raw food when you do the milkshakes because it builds a nice mucus lining. So, yeah, I think um, all of that, like there's a lot. But those would be the biggest tenants I would list that have helped me go through this diet the past two and a half years relatively like, I mean, physically, like physically pretty detox free. I, I had a period where I was having a lot of like headaches, um, cluster headaches kind of and like kind of anxiety attacks, which was a bit strange. It was kind of like an emotional detox. But the, the the starch really helped. And I personally, when I was a kid, I had amphetamine, I'm sorry, amphetamine meds given to me. Um, so I think it was that detoxing kind of, but it was a really intense period and starch helped me a ton. Starch with butter fixed that. And other than that period though, I've pretty much had like no crazy debilitating thing that lasts for any significant period of time. So it's very sustainable for me when I follow all those things. Wow. That's awesome. So basically like when you started doing the diet, you started to get these, this anxiety and the cluster headaches and that actually was like a year into the diet randomly. Okay. Oh, which makes sense because then your body's like starting to get ready to be able to deal with this stuff. Right. Exactly. And it just could choose like, okay, your little strength, then now it's time to get rid of all this stuff, you know? it just chooses a time where it feels safe to I guess exactly yep for sure for sure Um, yeah so at that point about a year into the diet you were like okay this is getting bad so I need to have some cooked starch with a lot of butter so you add the fat in there too to kind of like mitigate the symptoms yeah yeah and I'm talking like a like um maybe a a golf size piece or smaller like not like a whole piece of bread. I would just do little, almost like starch trains (laughs) when I needed it on those days where it was really hard. And that's, that really takes care of the issue. It took care of it really well. Wow. So you did bread. Yeah. I like, I really like salt-free sourdough. I, I don't find myself having any kind of like strange reactions or negative feelings to that, especially when I do it in little amounts at a time, not a whole piece at once. Yeah. Where do you find salt-free sourdough? Well, well my friend actually bakes it. Um, my, I have a friend in New York who's starting a totally raw uh, farm for primal people and anyone in general. But uh, yeah, I have a really cool friend who makes it and uh, it doesn't give me any reactions and it just, it's pretty helpful in those moments. Oh my God, that's so cool. I have yeah. to have the, the information of that person when we're all- Oh, sure. Yeah, their website's going to go live in like, I think three weeks here. I'm really excited for them. That is so phenomenal. Oh my God, it's amazing to see this happen. People are really like building up infrastructure around this diet. Like it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's great. And I know some people really struggle with sourcing, you know, so just making it more accessible and getting those products available. It's, it's really important to some people. And yeah, I'm super excited for it to go live. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Amazing. Okay. So you have just like a great hookup for bread. So you, you don't do, you never did like potatoes or anything like that. No, like probably maybe like four times, I think like last year I would just crave boiled. I would do boiled potatoes 
with a bunch of butter and a meat meal because I of course used to eat like meat and potatoes I'm sure like a lot of us did mm-hmm. and it would just like fulfill a craving and then I'd be good for it for a while and you know not really feel like oh I really want this I would if I really felt it I'd just eat it and then usually it goes away so probably like four times last year and so far this year I haven't but if I really wanted it I would okay okay cool yeah yep. yep that makes sense I've heard a lot of people say that if they're really craving it they go for it and they listen to their yeah body. um okay so so now you're saying like the way to not suffer eternal detox is to do the things that you just listed for us the vegetable juices yeah. the fat um meat right cheese yeah cheese right make sure you get fat okay Wow. So that's pretty simple. And do you think that's just, yeah. so the, the idea mainly, like you mentioned a lot of different ways to a lot of different reasons why we would be more comfortable doing these protocols. Um, but the main one that really stood out to me was like, get as much fat as you can in basically, yeah. because the more yeah. fat you have in your body and the more fat you're consuming, the, the easier the detox is going to be on you. Yes, exactly. And the more fat you have, you know, physically on you too. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And I was going to say too, I feel sexy with the fat on me, man. I don't know. Like, I yeah. I don't have, like, I have good sourcing, but I, I'm not like 100, like, again, I'm not, I'm not so dedicated to the diet that I'm doing everything perfectly. I'd like to get a lot more cream. I'd like to get a lot more fat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I'm, I run out of milk every week, you know, I need to just order more and all that. But, um, but I gotta say, I feel, I felt good. I had a lot more weight on me about a year ago and I felt really good. Like I felt good in my body, but I also just aesthetically, I just want to put that out there for people who are afraid to gain weight. I felt really sexy. I felt like my body was (laughs) just doing really well. And like, I don't know, especially us women, like, it's nice if we're curvy and guys like when we're yeah. curvy. So for sure. Uh, I, I had a similar experience. Like I have always kind of felt insecure about my body and it it's what it it's whatever. But the first five months of doing the diet, I really noticed a difference, especially in my hips. I'm like, wait, is that real? Like I yeah. have a lot of hips right now. And I asked one of my friends, they're like, oh yeah, we've noticed it. Like you have some growth in some good places. So I was like, dang, I'll I'll take it. Like that's really nice. Yes, I agree. I loved it when my hips and my thighs got bigger and they still are because like you say, the weight distribution is different. Like when I was not eating so much animal products and not eating the raw dairy and eating less fat, I had like more stomach fat and there's nothing wrong with stomach fat in my book necessarily, but it just looked like kind of bloaty and like it just yeah. didn't look as nice to me. But then, yeah, when I started eating this t- this style of eating, the more I do it, the more the fat goes into my hips and my thighs and my butt, and it just looks good. <laughs> yeah, same experience. Like, it's a really nice benefit. It sure is. Yeah. It really is. Wow, amazing. Okay, yes. so you also mentioned that you wanted to talk about food sourcing and animal feeds. So tell us about that. Oh, yeah. So I mean, kind of going into what we were already saying, a lot of people do have issues with just availability. And like, I I get people sometimes talking to me and saying, Oh, man, like, the only meat source around me is like, sprayed and not organic. And the closest butter is so far. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely a big issue. 
Um, and I guess lately I've been in the process of um, finding more and more sources for the people in my state and myself. Um, and just like the questions to ask, I think, are something that also can be a bit overlooked. And I'm not talking about purity spiraling and like, oh my gosh, if it's not like this, 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 we can't have it. I don't mean that. I just mean that sometimes it can cause a reaction or an issue if a food, if you haven't asked like any questions to the source at all, then it could actually be there is something off with the quality, and but it could be kind of falsely attributed to the food itself. So that's why I think the most productive thing to do to, with that is understand the questions to ask, um, how to, what to look for on the feed labels, and then, you know, if you can contribute to the community like how my friend he's making his farm and how I, I try to find sources near me and then I share them with other people and I do kind of I'm planning to do like a little milk delivery system um so that's my little like emphasis on the sourcing that's kind of why I wrote that in there because I just thought it might be useful to mention that yes I love that outlook and I agree like you know I think being careful excuse me, about sourcing is especially important because first of all, I think you can go to the farmer's market and you can buy something that is a lot more expensive than typical grocery store foods. And sometimes the the sourcing or what they're doing to whatever you're buying is is still not the quality you want, but you're like paying more money for like yes. a product it's... that's kind of the same. And that's unfortunately yeah. you have to be careful with. Um, I learned that the hard way, like at the farmer's market and with, with farmers, I love my farmers so much. And um, uh, I have some great local farmers that are near me here in Michigan. And I, I have so much respect for farmers, even if they're, you know, <laughs> doing conventional stuff. I mean, everyone has their own story and their own, you know, stuff they're dealing with in their lives. And like, I appreciate farmers for like, outputting so much energy to like get food to us that's just important um period but right. I will just say that you know if I don't ask a lot of questions I've I've had a lot of experiences where I just assume that because I was buying something at the farmer's market the sourcing was everything I wanted and that's just not the case a lot of the time like yeah I was eating some meat for a while that you know, from cows that they have, it was from a farm where they had planes fly over the farm and spray chemicals. And I found that out because I was, you know, working pretty closely to that farm. And um, that was just at the end of the day, I was like, that's not really okay with me. And uh -huh. it, why am I going to like, yes, I want to support local. And yes, that's important. And I do still support local now. Um, but I stopped buying from them because I'm like, I don't want the if there are chemicals being sprayed literally like on the animals because of the the plane that goes over, like I don't want right. that meat. So like why would I even be paying more for that? Um right. you know what I mean? So like, yeah, just being careful about that and like do everyone should be able to do what they can and what they can afford and all that. But like for me at the end of the day, it's like when I budget in good food, I feel like I just always get rewarded for that. Like to me in my spiritual brain, it's like the, the money kind of like shows up, you know, if I like really yeah. <laughs> make it a priority, I'm like, wow, the money is there. I kind of feel like God blesses yeah. me when I you know, put my yeah. money, you know, yeah. get my raw cream or um, get my raw milk and my raw meat. It just, 
it it kind of like it all works out I'm never upset yeah. that I'm buying like high quality high priced meat you know what I mean yeah because it's going right right back into your body and yeah I think it's a really important investment yeah for sure yeah definitely yeah. um so what you you mentioned animal feed is there are there specific okay so here's a here's a good scenario that I'm curious what you think about. So I have a local butcher that I go to. I'm hoping to get them on the podcast. I love them. Um, I know that they source locally. I know the meat tastes good. I They're like very independent. Um, and I just have a good feeling from them. For example, they don't freeze my bone marrow, which is amazing. They just, yeah. by default, don't freeze the bone marrow ever. Um, and I didn't know that. I assume they froze it because so many other people I know, they're yeah. not able to get raw bone marrow. Um, so they just do little cool things like that. But I haven't asked them many questions about their meat yet because I kind of just assume it's the best I can get around me. But do you have, are there questions that come to mind that I could ask them like about animal feed and all that? Yeah. So with cows, it's like, it's usually less of a concern. I mean, a lot of places, especially the grass fed cows, yeah. like if they're finished with a bit of grain, they're such big animals. It's not as much of a concern. It's more of like specifically beef. I ask questions like, okay, do you do the citric acid spray on the meat? Do you do steam pasteurization on the meat? Do you do the bromine wash on the carcass? I just learned about some of this stuff recently too. Um, any of those chemicals involved in the slaughtering and the processing. That's kind of what I'm going to ask with beef after I've basically confirmed, okay, this meat is pretty good feed um, and definitely like it tastes good. So I'll ask that. And of course, I definitely ask the vaccine question because that's extremely important if you're eating the bone marrow or liver that the animals aren't vaccinated and don't get medications. So after all that, that's asked, it's mostly like, how do they process the meat? Are they spraying it with a tons of, ton of chemicals? That's that's what I would ask. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know because I think a yeah. lot of us just think, okay, how, what are the cows eating and like, what type of farm is it, you know, as far as like, are they spraying the fields or what, what's the, what's the deal with all that? But yeah, those are questions that I wouldn't necessarily think of. Yeah. Me neither. And some of them I just learned um, from people telling me that that's a practice. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like the questions sometimes seem to never end. Like the possibility of corruption seems endless sometimes, but I prefer to be aware rather than not. Totally. I know. And it's yeah. such, it's so unfortunate because I hate being the person going in there and asking them a bunch of questions. They're just trying to stay in fucking business and not get shut down. You know, like, like definitely we're, we're learning more and it's great that there are businesses opening that like that say like, no, we our our animals don't get injections and no, we're not going to do this. But like, I also, you know, not like you were saying earlier about like everyone has different knowledge. And like, I know that like Miller's farm was in like a huge, like legal debacle. Like sometimes people really, really, really have to fight for these things. Like, no, we're not going to spray our meat and they can get a lot of pushback for that. So I know people just want to stay in business and it sucks to have to go in there and be like, do you have do this and this and this? And if it's no, then I'm not going to support the, the this business, even though it's like small and it sucks. But at the same time, it's like, I want to make sure that I'm putting my money in a place that feels good as far as like what I'm allowing my body to consume. And if I'm going to spend the money, I want to make sure it's the quality I want. So at the end of the day, it's like, we got to do it if that's important to us. Yeah, absolutely. And just, and just recognizing that it also could be 
a part of the problem if someone's experiencing like what they feel like is a reaction or something it's just something to keep in mind yeah totally Mm -hmm. totally um okay I wanted to oh yeah you mentioned you interviewed Ajinus's son yeah yes I did oh my god that last summer yeah it was super it was really cool yeah how did that how did you make that happen so basically I just read the book and I saw like I think it was in the foreword of the book he wrote like who it was dedicated to and I was honestly curious and I live in the same state that um Ajinus grew up in so I kind of just used the you know the white books and searched the name and it did come up and it came up in the city that he said he was from so I was like oh why not just like give him a call and see if he'd be willing to do an interview like the worst he could say is like I'm not interested so that's exactly what I did and he was super open like he was such a nice guy um he was really kind and he just answered like all of our questions so it was like more that we could have hoped for so yeah I just took a chance and I drove down to a city and we had a long conversation (laughs) whoa that's so cool yeah I was really lucky to be able to do it I, I think it was awesome where is the interview accessible to us so I have the transcripts on my Instagram page. It's in the my bio. Um, yeah, and there's a little picture, but the um, audio, it's really hard to hear because he did have a pretty severe um, car accident and it really impacted his speech. So it, it was just so difficult to hear anything in the video. So I just right now have published the uh, transcript. Okay, cool. That's yeah. awesome, though, to know. Okay, so go to Zara's yeah. Instagram, guys. We're going to link yes. it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> yep. do, does he eat the diet? He eats some of it. He's definitely had, like, a really rough hand in life, especially with the car accident. I know, um, dude. Kind of, what's going yeah. on? With Ajit, oh. had a really hard time in life, and his son did too. I That's know. crazy. Yeah, just it's so unfortunate, because Ajit really wasn't, like, he was kind of, like, very isolated away from his son. Um, when he was suffering himself, so he wasn't able to help him in the way he would have wanted to. Um, and yeah, that car accident, he fell off a 60-foot cliff. And, you know, he went through the windshield and back out the side. He said the doctors were picking glass out of his head for like a year. Like, oh it was really God. bad. <laughs> yeah, and he's only, he and he fully said himself, he only feels like he's alive at all and able to function at all because of Audrinus's, you know, coming into the hospital and feeding him raw foods against everyone's wishes whoa yeah he totally he confirmed all of that yeah so he has a little bit of an issue you know supporting himself with his physical and kind of mental disability still but he works so he can at least have meat and um honey and he does the custards which is what Audrinus originally fed him in the hospitals he still eats those to this day oh. um and he's like if I didn't have some of this stuff like I just you know I'd be done in life so he yeah he was an awesome person it was it was really touching and kind of sad but you know he does the best he can sometimes he sears his meat and stuff or feels like he needs to drink some coffee and he does take some medication still but you know he had nothing but positive stuff to say about Audinus and the diet for sure wow so interesting oh my gosh it's like it's just it's what a whirlwind for these folks it's like it's just crazy trajectories of their lives. Ajinus is, I, I mean, I, I don't even know that much about him. I've just, I learned him, I learned about him from podcast guests, but just like mm-hmm. that whole, that whole, his whole life was just like wild. Yeah. How he died and 
it's crazy. yeah I know he definitely like he put himself out there and he went through a lot and he shared a lot of his stories so that's something like that yeah I always drew me to him and something I really respect about him yeah 100 percent. and I found a lot of that energy in his son like sometimes looking at him I could really see Ajna's face mm-hmm. and uh just the really really kind and genuine energy you know it's like something you can't really you can't really fake that so it was very it was really strong when I was there with him yeah I I felt that from Ajinus just um watching videos of him very genuine energy yeah very like even keeled energy that's a that's a perfect way to describe it I totally agree and Jeff with all he's been through he still was a really positive person to be around and he had no ill will towards him nothing but good things to say so yeah it was a great experience oh that's so cool I love that you got the opportunity to do that yeah me too I'm a lucky yeah it's great um so do you how do you how do you work this diet into your life like do you so you you never go out to eat you never eat with your family what at least what what they're eating like how do you how do you work the culture of this diet into your Mm -hmm. everyday life yeah that's a good question it's definitely really important and like that's a big can be a big kind of factor I won't want to say issue but something Mm -hmm. to take into consideration for me um I'm kind of lucky that I live around a lot of sushi places and seafood places that sell oysters so if I'm going out I my family has come around at first it was really rough yeah and they were very concerned for me and like thought it was really wrong and and on on all that but um nowadays like if we all go out they kind of more often than not we'll be like okay let's go to a place with oysters so you know Zara can have something and I think I just suppress I'm sorry express a lot of appreciation for that um because they have come a long way so and it makes it a lot easier for me and it doesn't feel as exclusionary um and like I think there was maybe one time last year that someone really wanted to go out with me and but they didn't want seafood and so they kind of we made a compromise and went to a restaurant that I live by that uses only um, butter or like lard to cook in and organic all this stuff I'm like all right you know they didn't have oysters but I'm gonna eat sushi and I did bring like a little eeny baby mason jar of butter to the table and just kind of like really quick gulped it because I didn't want to embarrass anyone but um I was like, yeah, I'm fine with sushi as long as I eat a lot of butter beforehand. And that's about where I'll go. That's my limit, you know, okay. if that makes sense. And I think people are understanding of it because people in my life, I really don't like push it onto them heavily or like make it a point of contention. I just eat this way. And I respect what they do. And if they ask for advice or if they're in a situation where I feel like I can help them, I offer. But it's like, I don't make it a, an argument or anything like that so that's helped a lot as well not being contentious about it yeah for sure I people definitely appreciate that I try to be the same way to me it just doesn't even make sense to like try if someone would try to get me on their diet I would be like fuck you I'm not do I'm probably gonna do the opposite now just because you like try exactly. to convince me like yeah. evangelizing exactly. I don't I think people who are really desperate will take well to evangelizing but not people who are just like living their lives you know so a hundred percent yes yeah exactly completely Uh, agree so do you what about like your romantic life do you have do you have a partner um like 
I mean, I have friends, you know, like, I guess I wouldn't, sorry, I haven't been asked that like a really long time. Um, I know. And I always, I'm like the queen of asking these questions on this podcast. And I just had another podcast earlier today and the guy was like, um, such a good sport and answered them. But he was also like, oh, like this is something I usually don't talk about. Um, Yes. I I just, I'm single right now and kind Mm -hmm. of navigating my way through the dating world. And like, I just recently kind of figured out that like, I don't think I would seriously be with anyone who, first of all, for sure, they have to be open to these ideas just naturally, again, not me Mm -hmm. forcing them to, but them just like, like understanding that, that, that why this diet works well, they don't maybe, Uh I just need to be with someone who I think eats a lot of meat and all of that. So I love asking other people about like their experience and like, like basically how you go through life in this society socially communally romantically with this diet because I just know so many people are like I kind of don't know what to do with that part of life when I'm doing this diet 100% of the time you know that yes and I think that's definitely really valid and I would say ever since I left the pharmacy job a lot of the work that I've been doing has been online so honestly I've been less social too because I don't want to like act like I have you know tons of experience with that but just this year I mean I'm planning to go back to working an in-person job for some time I did like while I was in the process of quitting I brought um, raw food to my pharmacy job um, to eat at my lunch break and uh, so I can't I'm just trying to think if I have any like better insight on that I had the experience with my family coming around but like meeting a lot of new people and kind of like explaining it. I don't know. I, sorry, I wish I had better stories. I can think of one. So last month I actually met my biological father and his family for the first time in my life. Cause I'm adopted. Wow. And yeah. It was a big experience for me and they didn't know about my diet. Of course it was all new for them. And we went out, we're having a great time and they were just offering me food a lot. And I just kind of like showed them some cool pictures of really pretty plates. So it's less like, um, you know, like raw meat. It just doesn't sound appealing. So I showed them like my tartare or some of my cut up fish and peppers, just aesthetic pictures to explain it better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these are my meals. And they're like, oh, okay. And I said, yeah, it's, it's when I feel the best. And it's like really important to me. Please do not take any offense at all. Um, it's, you know, just a health thing. And I still, you know, love hanging out even if I'm at the table and I'm not eating the food I'm still enjoying everyone's presence and they they took that pretty well they they weren't weirded out at all and they didn't make any comments on it so I would say that was a good experience yeah absolutely and this has just been my my experience like I don't drink really but me neither yeah 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 but like I'll like go out to the bars with my friends and just dd and I love ddng because everyone you know I don't like to be in bars all the time but I really Mm -hmm. like when everyone's just having a good time they're doing what they like and I get them home safely you know they don't have to worry about how they're gonna get from to and from the bars so like I've been even before the primal diet I've been in a lot of situations where I'm not eating what other people are eating at the table you know um yeah And I go in and out of that. Sometimes I join in, sometimes I don't now, depending on how I'm feeling. And people do, like, they, 
they do get some people get a little weirded out especially if it's like friends and people that you're close to or people that knew you for a long time because they were like oh you didn't used to be like this and now you are and it's like a little yeah they can be weird about it especially if it's new um but overall it's like I just feel like our intentions just matters so much and how we approach the situation if we approach it yeah and it really sounds like you are if not if you haven't already mastered it you are like in the process of mastering your cadence around community and how you communicate with people and I just feel like at the end of the day especially you know the people that are around you love you and 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 want to be around you so like yeah what where's the problem at the end of the day it's like who could get mad at that I just yeah it sounds like you found a really healthy way to approach things yeah I try my best and I try to focus on be just being someone other people want to be around and being a helpful person really helps even when they're like okay it's kind of annoying it's kind of weird it's kind of strict I'm not gonna be apologetic though at the same time or act ashamed just neutral like this is what I do my health really matters to me and I'm not judging anyone else at all. And I, that's, that's the, that's basically it. <laughs> I, I have a fun that. little story of my one friend who's starting the farm in New York. He was on working on a farm here where I live in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And um, he was uh, playing with a bunch of kids on a farm. They absolutely loved him, <laughs> but they would say routinely like, um, Adam's like the best, but the one thing we hate about him is his diet. It's so disgusting. They'd be like, <laughs> it's the worst thing about him. <laughs> it's pretty harsh you know like kids can have no filter but at the end of the day they said that but they still like love to play with him every single day so to me that it just balances out you know oh I love that so much yeah yeah because at the end of the day I feel like we all know we all know like even even I would say even the people who are super resistant to it when we get down to like the heart of the situation it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's like people with different preferences can come together and have an amazing relationship there's no reason why like diet should get in the way of good relationship if it's two supportive people coming together or a supportive family coming together or whatever there's no reason why it's just the same as any other difference in your life one person likes blue one person likes green you know it's like it shouldn't matter the, the the important part of being together is like connecting and you can do that in a lot of different ways yeah absolutely absolutely and so I haven't had a very catastrophic like you know um event happen where someone like you know is super weirded out by me or I lost you know a connection no nothing yet but I'm gonna gain more experience this year I'm gonna be more social for sure so maybe I'll have more insight later on in the year but um, yeah, that's probably all I could share on it right now. Yeah, no, I, I love yeah. that. I think that'll be so inspiring for people because overall this diet, I mean, there are a few people here and there who have been eating raw meat for like their whole lives or like 14 years, depending on what kind of culture you come from and all that. But yeah. the majority of us have been doing this for like three years, four years max, you know, at least the people that I've been attracting into my life. I'm sure Zara, mm-hmm. you've probably met people who have been doing it for longer, but like it's new. It's a new diet for a lot of people, let's just say. So like, yes. I think a lot of people listening to this will will be very, they'll be able to connect a lot to what you're saying. Because they're like, yeah, I'm also going through that. And like, just starting to, you know, figure out how I'm going to deal with the social stuff that comes along with life and do this diet still, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. I hope it can prove a little helpful. I, I definitely know how it feels. And like I said, I just try to focus on being a good friend, um, being a valuable person to other people in the ways that I can. And it's that's been helping me a lot so far. So yeah, I haven't gotten too much flack. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that. It's such a refreshing energy that you have. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Can I ask what what you do now for work or what you're going to do now for work? Yeah, so I've actually kind of I've been doing um, leasing agent jobs for the past couple months, but a lot of the work I'm doing like marketing and it doesn't require me to have to go anywhere so much. And I've kind of felt like, yeah, that's good. But and it's running out a little bit, too. And I'm just like, you know, I could try to find another remote job and maybe I will. But I'm kind of missing the getting out like every day routinely in the world. It's kind of something I do miss from mm. not my pharmacy days necessarily, but just because during that time I was up at 6 a.m. at the hospital every day and working with so many people together. And I kind of miss that in a way. So mm. yeah, I'm doing that right now, but I'm going to transfer into an in-person job probably to do with either leasing or maybe nannying anything that gets me, you know, around people more I'm gonna start incorporating into my days oh I love that I was thinking about nannying too this earlier this year actually because I have a need for supplemental income with my business and Mm -hmm. I was like and how rewarding would that be to work with children like that kids are I love it yeah art and and magical and they have that that zest for life that a lot of people lose when they become adults, you know, if, if we're not careful, we can lose it. So, oh my God, that would be awesome too. Yeah. I I love their energy. And especially when you're like, have good practice being patient. Um, you know, when sometimes kids obviously have like emotional struggles that they don't have the capacity to understand yet. I find like, it's really rewarding to be patient with them because I see how it impacts them and, I can see them grow and improve and like that is super rewarding. So I really like working with kids too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And exactly. It's like, we need good role models and kids need good role models in their lives. Like yeah. doesn't care about them. Amazing. Yeah. It makes a huge difference when they're just feeling listened to and engaged with and not just on a screen, you know, there's, it's like night and day, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so this is a question I ask all, just about all my podcast guests. What do you think the root of health is? Like the common denominator of health. If you could choose one, one way to achieve health, what do you think the most important way would be? Hmm, it's a really hard question. I know. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's hard. Um, one way, like do you mean you mean physically I mean like any way that comes to you like if there's one root of health basically the the most important way to gain health what would that be in your world it could be physical emotional spiritual anything okay I have something coming to mind and I'm trying to like actually verbalize it um (laughs) um let me think for a second if that's okay yeah of course thank you um there's a word and I can't quite find it because the word I'm looking for is like when you, when you have that principle, it's like a runoff. And I think it's just escaping me right now. Um, you know, okay. I feel like something I've been thinking about lately is sustainability. Mm. And I mean that in like a environmental sense, but also 
in the way of like, you know, feeding yourself yeah. and um, ways. And I feel like if you, if that's like a principle that you follow in life, sustainability, like this, the way of this way of eating is almost like the natural follow-up to it because, you know, everything we do, everything we eat can be recycled in a way. It's like, it makes the most sense to me. Um, I don't know if that's <laughs> the answer you were looking for, but like, I don't know, like mindfulness and into that kind of thing. I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm explaining it well at all. Um, oh, I loved when, when you mentioned this, like you mentioned that the keto diet did not feel sustainable for you. And I think yes. you used that word no. that really connected with me. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. there are just certain ways of being, whether it's diet or whatever kind of lifestyle mm -hmm. thing or spiritual thing it just doesn't feel sustainable and I think right that, yes right like it doesn't feel that's like what I was trying to yeah I love that that you you can't there are some things that just like don't resonate with us enough or don't work for our bodies enough or we can keep doing it long term we just we would burn out so like so do you mean like you know like really paying attention to what's feeling good intuitively for you for the long run and that kind of thing that is yeah I'm talking about that and like for example regenerative farming that's talked about really often about the one of the only ways to truly repair repair the soil and composting and stuff like that and when you eat this diet you know that's exactly what you would need like everything I eat could be composted I try to avoid plastic whenever I can so it's not only sustainable in a living sense and like how it makes my body feel. It's like sustainable in feeding like the soil and rebuilding damage that we've done. To me, it's like, that's, that's the pillar. I think that if you follow that, I think that's where you will find health. If, if I answered the question, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love it. Okay. I just like it's an undeveloped people. thought. It's, yeah. I could articulate it better, but that is the rough draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And, you know, this question is very, like, for almost everyone, it's there's not one answer to health. But I always like yeah. to hear from everyone, just in your opinion, what, what like, the most important component of health is to you? Like, just, mm -hmm. and just even what stands out in this moment, even if it changes in the next moment. You know, I just, I think it's interesting to hear everyone's outlook there. And I think that's a really cool, that's a cool one. <laughs> like, it's just- Yeah, thank you. I tried. It was a struggle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a, it's, it's a great thing to keep in mind on our journeys, you know? So- Zara, thank you so much, you guys. You can find Zara on Instagram at Zara Milan and two underscores, right? Oh, yep, exactly. Zara Milan, two underscores. And check out her content. I'm going to do the same. It sounds like she's got some good recipes on there. And then she has like, <laughs> transcripts. More with... to come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You mentioned you just started posting them. And um, mm -hmm. then the transcripts with Ajinis' son, Jeff don't miss those. Zara, thank you so much for joining me. This was such a beautiful conversation. I feel so uplifted and energized after talking with you. And I just really appreciate who you are. Thank you so much. That that really means a lot to me. And I do, I want to say, I'm sorry if I was a little bit rusty. I, I'm so new to this. So thank you for like bearing with me and giving me this experience too. I, I really am grateful for that. And I had fun too. <laughs>
Yay. I'm so happy. And it was, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you were an amazing podcast guest and, and uh, just for everyone listening, just so you know, I was a half an hour late to this episode recording. So there's oh, that, okay. we're like going with the flow here and Zara yeah. was such a great sport and, um, no, you, you sounded amazing and yeah. Thank you for, for being with me on this episode. No problem, Emily. And thank you once again. It was tons of fun. And I'm looking forward to everyone's response. (laughs) Okay, you guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world. And I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is going to make you feel like your dreams can become a reality and you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want in your life and big changes can happen. Big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life. I've done that in my life. It is my goal. It is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well. So if you can help me do this, I would be so grateful. Please share this episode, share my podcast, other people about my podcast, share it on Instagram. I would just so appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information. I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future. I'm There's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.